Sean Curtis of the Tribune Democrat joins us to talk about sports. And uh, uh, as we talk about sports, Sean, normally we start locally. Um, but I'm telling you, uh, Sunday was just such an interesting day of activity on my television set. It's one of the rare days, by the way. It just, it just it hit me last night. I did not leave my house all day. I was watching football all day long. I, I have not seen that much drama in a single day of football, I don't think, ever in my life. Those, those scenarios, the way they played out and the way it worked out was pretty remarkable. Uh, good morning to you. <laughs> yeah, good morning. Uh, it, that Sunday was the perfect storm for the NFL yeah. in what is now Week 18. Because you had, well, first off, you needed that first domino to fall, which was Jacksonville beating Indianapolis. And and that and scenario, then, who would have thought that that was going to be the, the, the easy one for the Steelers to get in? That was absolutely, who gave Jacksonville an actual fighting chance of beating a team that had something to play for? Well, you heard it a bunch of times during the week that, Indianapolis hadn't won in Jacksonville in like five previous meetings. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Indianapolis was also the team that nobody wanted to see in the playoffs. Because mm -hmm. that rushing attack with Jonathan Taylor, uh, oh, this, this is a team built for the playoffs. And they're not even in the playoffs Amazing. because they couldn't finish the job in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz picked the absolute worst time to have his worst day as professional. Wow. Um, so... Yeah, that was the first domino that needed to fall. And then Pittsburgh, in typical 2021 Steelers style, got the job done, got, did what it needed to do, but definitely made you sweat it out. Yeah, yeah. So, no doubt. Now you've, now you've got all this time. You know, like The 425 teams mean nothing to right. the Steelers. Mm -hmm. It's all in that Sunday game with the Chargers and the Raiders. Mm -hmm. And by the way... Yeah. A 99.7% chance that that game would not end in a tie. A 99.7. And lo and behold, there were a lot of people <laughs> staying up late on Sunday night. Well, I mean, it took 100% of that game before somebody broke out of a tie. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it was just absolutely a wild scene. I mean, I was guilty of scrolling on Twitter more than I was watching the game, especially when the Raiders went up pretty big. Mm -hmm. You know, it's safe. You know, they're, they're, up, right. they're up 12 points. It's safe. And so from that, you know, the Chargers come back. Mm -hmm. And now it's overtime. Mm -hmm. And I got a text message from a friend, oh, they're just going to trade field goals and it's going to end in a tie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, it's now starting to creep in that, oh gosh, like, the one thing that the Steelers couldn't have happen is going to happen. Right. It's it's Ryan suck up all over again. Vegas goes down, gets a field goal. The Chargers go down, get a field goal. And it really felt like the Raiders on their second possession in the OT period were just totally content with running out the clock. Exactly. That's right. And then the Chargers the Chargers call timeout. It was almost a prisoner's dilemma where it's just like, okay, we trust you to do the right thing. No, we don't trust you to do the right thing. Now the Raiders have to run a play. Mm -hmm. They ran a pretty darn good play. Mm -hmm. Got in the field goal range. You know, and I mean, there are probably listeners who, you know, are, you know, old school fans from like way back in the 70s 
who are just sitting there thinking, oh, I can never count on the Raiders to do anything good for the Steelers. Well, the Raiders did a pretty darn good thing. They sure did. And I don't know if, you know, history is going to prove uh, this to play out, but that timeout being called to me, I'm sure there are people across the country scratching their heads about this. But as you say, the Raiders were perfectly content just to let the clock run out. And you could tell that's what was going to happen. It's almost like the Chargers calling that timeout forced them to get back to make a play. And as you said, to pick up some yardage on a run that puts them in field goal position. And I hope it's never forgotten that that was not a gimme field goal. That was 47 yards also. You know, the way that played out is, is, is amazing. I heard someone describe it on, on Facebook as the immaculate timeout. <laughs> that, that's what saved a Steelers season, a dumb timeout call. And, you know, I mean, these are two teams that, again, had beaten the Steelers. Right. So if they tied, they're both 9-7-1, just like the Steelers, and they've got the tiebreaker over mm. the Steelers. Now, your incentive for the Raiders would have been that Going to Cincinnati was a little bit more attractive of a uh, of a deal than going to Kansas City right. in the wild card round. Mm-hmm. And you know now you've got Pittsburgh going to Kansas City. You know three weeks after Kansas City, just I I can't even use proper words to describe what Kansas City did to Pittsburgh in that right. first meeting. <laughs> that was horrible. But yes. it's one of those things where I don't want to put this on the Steelers, but it feels a little bit like 2005, mm, mm-hmm. where they backed into the postseason. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Cincinnati in 05 was a, a way more winnable football game than Kansas City appears to mm-hmm. be right now, especially with the injury issues and just the struggles on offense that the Steelers have. Right. But if, I mean, if the defense comes to play, mm-hmm. you know, what's left of the defense after uh, Sunday I, it's, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that Pittsburgh can be competitive with the Chiefs. And if yeah. you're competitive in a football game, sometimes weird stuff happens. Boy, you know what? Especially with the way Roethlisberger seems to play in the fourth quarter. If they can stay competitive and keep it a game into the fourth quarter, you know, I kind of like our chances with Roethlisberger. You know, I... Uh, it's you know to me it's amazing that game after game after game, especially in the last half of the season, uh, the offense can't muster anything within the first half, and nobody can seem to figure this out. And, and yet the knock on the Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff, especially Mike Tomlin, is that they don't make adjustments, and playing better in the second half indicates adjustments were made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. And, but it's, it's one of those things, I, I think, you, you script the first half better than what you did before. You saw what Kansas City has. Right. And I think that helps on both sides of the ball, but it also helps Kansas City on both sides of the ball. Right, too. right. Um, you know, professional coaching staff, professional football players on both teams. But I don't think it's going to be a laugher like it was three weeks ago, but right. I, I mean, if, if I were a betting man, I would throw you know throw the chips on Kansas City before I throw it on Pittsburgh. But yeah. that thirteen point line seems a little bit big for at least what the Steelers showed in the last two weeks. Right, and I thought that too. I thought if I'm a betting man, 
I'm going to take the Steelers with those points. Um, I really am uh, because I love the old adage where it's so difficult to beat the same team twice in a season. And maybe the Steelers, I don't think they're going to win the game either, but I think that they sure will cover. But I do think they have a fighter's chance in this because they aren't going to be beaten the way that they were last time. I certainly don't expect that. Is there anything, I mean, is there any truth to that, what's being you know said about beating a team two times within a season? I, you don't, I mean, unless it's an extreme discrepancy in talent, Mm-hmm. You rarely see divisional sweeps. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, Pittsburgh swept the Browns and swept the Ravens, and I don't think there was like that much of a talent gap between either two teams. There's just things broke, especially against the Ravens. Right. Things broke the Steelers' way enough mm-hmm. to get them those two wins. We could very well be sitting here talking right now about a Pittsburgh Steelers team that went seven nine and one. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Just on those two Ravens games, and like even the Browns games. You know, there there wasn't a whole lot keeping the Browns down compared to what the Steelers... I mean, Pittsburgh was not dominant yeah. in either of those four games no. between beating the Browns and beating the Ravens. Now, those losses in the Bengals, well, Ooh, yeah. there's one yeah. that needs to be done there. But... But I think there are, but I think there are a couple differences between um, the last time that the Steelers played uh, Kansas City. I think that uh, a couple players are are performing much better. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is is, is a different guy than what he was earlier in the season. Uh, boy, a great play on Sunday uh, against uh, against Brown. You know, and that that one reception that uh, you know could have been a winning drive for the Ravens, where he knocked that ball out of bounds. That was just a fantastic play. And I think the offensive line still struggling, obviously, but it seems like they're playing a little better these last few weeks. I think I think Roethlisberger was only sacked uh, once, I believe, on Sunday. Yeah, I, the pass protection has gotten better. I, I still think a lot of like what Najee Harris has done, mm-hmm. even Benny Snell, in in his fill-in role on Sunday, like a lot of it is on the running backs. And I, I earlier in the season, I, Najee Harris was frustrating me because. He was doing that Le'Veon Bell stutter at the line thing. Right. And it worked for Bell because that offensive line during his peak was also a very good offensive line. This is a line that's been held together by Spit Guile and Duck. <laughs> right. Right. Throughout most of the year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it's, it's an inexperienced line. And they haven't, like, they haven't had the luxury of playing together because of injuries. Mm hmm all that often. Mm-hmm. So, now you look at this team that won its, won its last two games of the season and did what it had to do to get into the postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the line is going to be, I, I think that's going to be where the spotlight's going to shine the brightest mm-hmm. if things go wrong for the Steelers' offense. Yeah. And... I also believe that Kansas City, like the Steelers, uh, I think they're similar in this sense is that sometimes you just don't know what team shows up. Um, They've had their bad stretches this year as well. And, uh, you know, with the Steelers, you never know what you're going to get. I think the same's to be said. Kansas City is obviously a much better team, but they've they've had some bad games too. 
but it, it appears that the Chiefs had those bad games early in the season. They started mm. three and four. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're like the Chiefs have now become the Patriots in the sense of a slow start means oh, ding dong, the witch is dead. Mm. And then they turn off. You know, they just turn around and crank out like ten right. straight wins. Right, right, right. So here's a case where your last, you know, your most recent Chiefs loss was that thriller against the Bengals, mm-hmm. which kind of fell into the category of well, somebody had to lose this game, but nobody really deserved to lose this game. Yeah. So Kansas City, since that three and four start, has played exceptional football. And so it's going to take a lot, you know, for anybody, be it the Steelers, be it any of the other 12 teams in the playoffs, to knock off the Chiefs. It's not going to be an easy task. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed, agreed. Um, So if you were to pick a team in the AFC and the NFC right now, who do you like? Given what I know, I... I'll start with the NFC because this is going to get a few groans from the listenership. I just cannot, I just cannot slide away from Tom Brady. Mm. If Tom Brady mm-hmm. is in the postseason, that is probably one of the safest bets that whatever team Tom Brady is quarterbacking is going to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay out of the NFC, uh, out of the AFC. I'm not, I mean, I just said glowing things about the Chiefs. I'm not 100% sold on the Chiefs. Right. But I do think the Chiefs are probably playing the best football going into the postseason. Mm-hmm. I'll take Kansas City, but I will throw an asterisk on it and say that if not the Chiefs, I, it's got to be Tennessee's time yeah. now. Yeah. Boy, there's some interesting uh interesting teams in the AFC and again it's 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 a it's a pretty pretty uh, nice nice jumble that's there too but again uh, you know to me I'm just so happy the way that those uh, everything played out on uh, on Sunday and the Steelers are, are surviving one more week and you know again when you have Roethlisberger in the game in the fourth quarter uh, really anything can happen and he played his best once again, saved it for the very end. And that's why I, I'll say it again. If they can hang around and it's a three-point game, even a six-point game in the fourth quarter, don't count the Steelers out. Yeah, I, I just cannot see Pittsburgh getting blown out mm-hmm. like it did three weeks ago. Yeah, uh, You know, maybe Kansas City goes up double digits late, just put the game away, but I just... I just don't think you're going to see 36-10. I think you're going to see something closer to about 27-20. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think you're asking a lot to uh, get the Steelers to score 20 points, but yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's possible. Yeah. Sean Curtis, Tribune Democrat, uh, joining us. And, uh, yeah, great conversation today, Sean. And, again, we always start with local stuff. We haven't talked anything local right now, but uh, basketball season, as we speak right now, uh, any teams out there that you're looking at that have been uh, impressive so far? Again, we've only played a handful of games, and we're still, you know, right midway through the season right now. But uh, is there anybody out there right now that's really caught your attention? I will start with the ladies. Uh, ladies first. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
you've got three teams right now near the top of the Laurel Highland standings uh, that I think are all going to be major players in the postseason when that rolls around in February and March. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Penn Cambria, Forest Hills, and Bishop McCourt. Mm. Um, Forest Hills right now is unbeaten overall. They're seven and zero with a seven zero record in the LHAC uh, as of Monday, mm-hmm. and so you're looking at this is a team that is always around and always seems to pick off like one or two wins in the state tournament. Penn Camry has been on the rise for a couple of seasons. It looks like they're just humming along greatly. Bishop McCord is always in that conversation, and so I do like. I do like all three of them. I think that Forest Hills is probably the team that I would probably watch the closest mm-hmm. if uh, you can only focus on one. Mm. Um, keeping kind of local, I like I like United out of the Heritage Conference. You know they're eight and two right now as of Monday. Mm. Uh, they actually knocked off Bishop McCord, and Bishop McCord it's only a loss wow. so far this season. Yeah. So this is this is a team that's been playing very well for the past couple of years, and I think because, at least in the Tribune Democrats coverage area, they play in the Heritage Conference, which isn't 100% teams that the Tribune Democrat covers, mm-hmm. they kind of fly under the radar a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, not a lot is known about United as much as we would know about, say, a Bishop Court yeah. or a Forest. Right. Right. Um, Interesting. Off in the Westpac, I... Berlin Brothers Valley's girls are very strong. The Portage and Winber girls are also very good. Black Lake Valley is four and two right now. Yeah. Um, so you've got you've got three or four teams in the West Pack that could be big noisemakers. Uh, Shanksville, Stony Creek, heck, even Rockwood right now is four and two. So yeah. Yeah. you're going to have like your fair share of teams. But I think Berlin is probably the cream of the crop, and the girls. Southern Division of the West Pack, and you know, in the North Division, could be Portage, it could be Winber. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a big one coming up this week, and you know, Black Lake Valley, you know, is right there, ready to knock That's off awesome. some teams too. So, yeah. on the other side, the boys, um, what's been going on there? Again, you've got a, a nice grouping of teams right now in the Elhack Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richland is undefeated right now in the league at five and zero. Penn Cambria, Chestnut Ridge. Bishop Carroll, Bishop Guilfoyle, each have one loss. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very competitive league near the top. So, I mean, that zero next to Richland's you know, name on the ledger may not last, but if it does, Richland is going to have to work very hard to keep that zero on there. Yeah. Uh, currently 7-0 and right now overall. Mm-hmm. Um, over in the West Pack, Winber this past week, Knocked off two previously unbeaten teams. They beat Black Lake Valley and they beat Conemaw Valley. Hmm. So they're a team to watch. They're two and zero in the conference. Port- the Portage Boys are nine and zero overall. Mm-hmm. So that, you're again you're looking at another big showdown between Winterburn and Portage coming up, and Conemaw Townships in that jumble. They're five one overall and usually very very strong. Yeah. In the South, it's it's a little bit harder to pick just because it looks like some of the teams in the South are uh, struggling with 500 records. Um, but, you know, it looks like maybe Shanksville-Stony Creek 
and Berlin are going to be probably your two teams out of the South that are probably going to be battling it out. Shanksville has that co-op with the Shade Boys this year. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at two teams that in the past, that Westpac South title usually was determined by either one or the other, mm-hmm. and now they're co-oping. This is an interesting time of the year also in basketball because, you know, each team generally has anywhere from, you know, six to ten games in. But now is when they kind of separate now, you know, from now on till the rest of the season, isn't it? Yeah, because what you'll see is there will be some teams that don't have tip-off or holiday tournaments. So they Mm -hmm. might have, you know, like, four or five fewer games, but they're playing like just everything in conference or they might have like one game against a local rival that's out of conference mm-hmm. or so forth and so on. And then like you have like another team that might be say nine and one right now where I don't want to say they padded because you know, you don't, the competition they face at this tournament might be very, very strong, right. but you know, that record's inflated because conference record is important for conference races, mm-hmm. but overall, for playoff seating in District 5 and District 6, you need every game. Right. Yeah. So it's... But yeah, in January, toward the end of January is where you really start to see teams develop the picture that they're going to put out for the world. Yeah. And also, you do have teams that around the end of January, if they're struggling... If they're going to put together a playoff run, it starts then, and they just start picking off teams, building up, and then just go on a tear in the playoffs. So, I'm not saying that this time isn't important because it's very important. Every game is important, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to playoff standings and you know conference standings. But things really start to cook late January, early February. Yeah, no doubt. Sean Curtis, Tribune Democrat, as always, Sean, really appreciate your time. Some interesting, interesting things here. So I'm going to hold you to the uh, the Tampa Bay, Kansas City Super Bowl here. Let's see if that happens, huh? <laughs> I mean, if it does, hooray for me. If it doesn't happen, I we should probably just preface this with, like, you know, I'm not responsible for any betting losses that are incurred by my prediction. Well, let me, t- <laughs> let me tell you, I don't know if I can handle... Uh, a couple more weeks of this, you know, because I think what we went through this past weekend was was plenty enough for me. So <laughs> too much excitement very, this week. I, I'm just very disappointed that the uh, Steelers did not get the uh, Nickelodeon playoff game this year. <laughs> yeah, what about that Monday night game? Isn't that isn't that something phenomenal here? That's never happened before. But you know, I, I I honestly think Sean, the NFL knew what it was doing by adding that seventh playoff team because everything, boy, everything came down to that last week. And who would have thought the marquee game on Sunday night would be a national attention getter? Just just fantastic planning. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it was the perfect storm. I mean, you could have had. You know, nine teams coming coming out of every conference, and have you could have had something similar. Yeah, it's it's very much just the the parity when you get past the top five or six teams overall in the league mm-hmm. from about seven to twenty. Mm-hmm. You're looking at just a cluster of over a dozen teams where. 
Now you're looking at one or two plays over the course of 17 games could have put them in that top tier or actually could have dropped them even further. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's right. The, the, you know, you talk about any given Sunday, and it's almost any given snap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You well. know, you've, you've got teams sitting on the outside that may have been one injury away, that may have been one drop pass away yeah. from being in the conversation, being in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you look at the Chargers. They were one time out away. Right. Yeah. No, it's remarkable. You know, I, I mean, there's a couple teams that, you know, that obviously, uh, you know, fit that, that, um, you know, probably feel that they belong and uh, just did, didn't get the breaks. Uh, but uh, good stuff, good stuff. Sean, as always, thank you so much for your time today and uh, look forward to this next conversation that we have too. I cannot wait. Thanks for having me on. Oh, much appreciated.